0: We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithan.e.org.au. Well, we've been preaching through, or Pastor Phil has led us the last couple of weeks, and uh about prayer, about the importance of prayer and about joining together and we're on our 21 days of prayer as a denomination as we uh, are praying that God would do amazing things at many different levels across our nation, in individuals lives, in the church's lives, that we would be renewed, that we'd be refreshed, that we'd step up and be the church for now and that we would uh, do the mighty things that God has called us to and uh, it's been so encouraging and um, our prayer night last Sunday night was an amazing night, and Pastor Phil talks about the rumble in the room. Uh, Just about everyone joining together as we prayed through things. There was just a a rumble of the the bones, as if it were the rattling, uh, as uh, there was a wave moving across us, as God was starting to move in power and authority. And that was a tremendous opportunity. And uh, I encourage you church to continue to press in to prayer. Today, I don't specifically wanna talk about prayer, but I wanna talk about one of the biggest blockages I feel towards prayer and certainly been a real journey and a challenge in my life. And uh, I wanna deal with the danger of accusation, the danger of accusation. Who brings that accusation against you? Satan does, and he's been doing it a long time. Uh, I'm just going to ask for a picture to go on the screen Uh, many of you might be journeying with the story of Ben Robert Smith one of our most celebrated um, men in the forces and uh, whatever your opinion of Ben uh, he certainly had a standing in the community and gone on to do some pretty entrepreneurial things and uh, hold a position as a CEO but he's certainly being slammed at the moment would you agree? Uh, He's before the courts, and whatever you feel about the outcome, uh, I've got a feeling that he's innocent, but that's just my feeling, I'm allowed to have that opinion. Um, uh, There's a lot of stuff being said about him, stuff that he's done wrong, uh, a lot of stories being told, and and I can tell you now that Ben Robert Smith will never be the same again. Can you believe that? Uh, There's an old saying in politics, it says accusation continues their damaging work long after the acquittal. Would you agree with me? How many people, Jeffrey Rush, how many other people have we seen politically and celebrity wise that are prominent, that an accusation comes against them, and it's never quite the same after? Ben spoke about um, whatever the outcome of this, that he would like to be reimbursed for the losses to his life and he talked about one loss that um, he was building a career in public speaking and he can't remember a time on Anzac Day that he hasn't been invited 12 different places and offered an enormous amount of money to, uh, to speak at different occasions. He said this Anzac Day, the phone never rang. He talked about he has, the phone hasn't rung since this court case has been running and he doesn't know whether it will ring. And so he is looking at pursuing a claim of $380,000 a year at his inversioning um, public speaking career. Accusation does a lot of damage. Right at the start of, uh, of life, as we know it, when God made Adam and Eve, the very first scene of Satan The serpent being at work was to what? To tell lies about God, didn't he? He came and he brought accusation against God. A small truth, but a big lie. That God was up to no good and stealing humankind of their right to know the good knowledge of good and evil. Well, they certainly knew, found out what the knowledge of evil was like, didn't they? And the knowledge of death became a result of that decision. But accusation was the thing that got us in trouble right at the outset and messed with us. So where am I heading with this? Well, let me explain. When you become of faith, you enter into the battle. Uh, I often lead people to faith through Christianity Spain. If you've done Alpha and come to faith, we celebrate you coming to faith. But I gotta tell you, be ready because you've started the battle. You've entered the battleground. You've entered into the war against the enemy. And often we're under attack when we first come into faith. Another point of attack is a lot of people find attack when they step out publicly in baptism in their faith. But one of the strategies that Satan uses in our lives is to bring us down with accusation, to tear us down in a way that puts us down. A man who had worked in an office loved to play particular tricks on new employees. He would approach them and whisper, they know what you did, then walk away smiling. First a person would look bewildered, then they would get anxious and wonder, what what have I done? Then they would think, who are they? What do they know? And what are they saying about me? And since even the most innocent have come, had a knee-jerk tendency to conceal and protect, the new employee would walk around all day, anxiety ridden. You ever had someone play a trick like that on you? It's an evil thing, isn't it? There's a scripture in Revelations, that says, the accuser, Satan, the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. We have this imagery in Revelations that Satan is constantly accusing you and I of things that we might have done or might not have done, but he's constantly in our ear pulling us down. And he may use the very truth of a sin that we've just committed or an action that we might have gone through or a thought that we might have had constantly accusing you of reasons why you should not settle in your relationship with God. And it not only says that it accuses you, brothers and sisters, he's before God day and night telling God why Lloyd is such a rat bag. Phil, oh, if only you knew God what Phil was up to, you wouldn't have him as a son. And it says day and night, constantly, this is going on. Accusation after accusation after accusation. Man, wouldn't that wear you down? Just in preparing this message today, you have no idea the harrowing I've been through the last couple of days, carrying this baby to be preached. Satan is at work, Satan is alive, and Satan wants to destroy your very confidence in God, your very position in God. And what is the result of that? Your prayer life goes out the window. Who are you to ask anything of God? Who do you think you are? You filthy, rotten human being. God does not love you, you've done it one too many times. Forget anything about what God might do for you. You are unworthy. That's half the story, isn't it? Let me read on at that verse. The accuser of our brothers and sisters who accused them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen. The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Oh, folks, what wonderful news! What wonderful news! The blood of the Lamb. What is that? Is that yes, you are a rotten sinner. Yes, you are filthy. Yes, you are not acceptable before God. But Jesus stood in the gap for you and I. Jesus has made the difference. And Jesus has washed you clean of every sin, past, present, and future. And there is nothing in your behavior that can block you from the Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen by the blood of the Lamb. But get this, it says by the word of the testimony. What is your testimony? When Satan brings an accusation against you, you say, "Ah, Satan, yes, I've done that. But I remember on the night of such and such a date, 20 years ago, when I gave my life to Jesus and I asked Him into my life as my Lord and Saviour. And He's been with me every day since then. I know Him and I love Him. And yes, I make mistakes, but you have no right You have no right, I am a child of the King, amen? Amen. By the word of our testimony, not only the testimony 20 years ago, please, but the testimony of yesterday, the testimony of today, of God at work, Izzy's testimony of God at work in her life. God saw her in her personal needs right there. He loves Izzy and He did something for Izzy, amen? And God sees you and He sees your need and He loves you. I wanna to read to you a scripture that talks about our place. Romans 8 and 28, I trust it can go on the screen. Now we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purposes. Good things folks, good things. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You are a brother and a sister to Jesus. How cool is that? In His image, as if we could say such things. And those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justifies, and those he justifies, he also glorifies. He raises you up. What then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is it who will condemn us? No one, Jesus Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? As it is written, for your sakes we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things. We are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor demon, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Position. You have been granted the privileged position, not in your own righteousness, not because of anything that you've done. It's because the gift of Jesus dying on the cross for your sins, for your wickedness, and giving you the opportunity to receive that gift and make it your own. And then Jesus gives you a cloak of righteousness. Imputed righteousness, it's called. It's being given to you. You're not worthy to wear it. You're not righteous within yourself, but God sees your coat before He sees you. He sees you through His Son. And it's the Son that sits at the right hand pleading to the Father. What beautiful imagery. Sometimes we forget the relationship that God has and desires with each and every one of us. We have stories like the prodigal son that talk about God wanting to draw that that, um, broken, sinful, disobedient child back to Himself. And we have the imagery of the Father God gathering up His clothing and running out to meet the Son, looking every day in anticipation for the Son to come home. And when the Son comes home, He throws a party and it's one heck of a party. He doesn't deserve any of it. And the old brother is a bit, uh, a bit ticked off about all of that. But he's given the fine robes, he's given a ring on the finger. The, the most beautiful animal that's been looked after probably by the brother is finally slaughtered and it's fed up to everyone on this party night. And God is so stoked to have his son back. He, he is just un, uh, beside himself. God is just amazing. And with imagery, we can say that God is beside Himself. When He runs out to the sun to greet the sun, the Jewish imagery is ridiculous and it's humorous. A Jewish man will never run. It's indignant to run. It's indignant to gather your loins up, to gather your dress. Should I call it a dress or a garment or whatever? I don't know, men don't wear dresses do we? But anyway, in, in Jewish way of thinking, they, he had to gather up his skirt so he could run out to meet the sun. It's undignified, it's ridiculous. A Jewish man would, with any dignity would never do such a thing. But God does because He loves you. He will do the most ridiculous thing because He loves you and He will put all His pride aside and run out to greet you. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That's how God loves you. Uh, You know, um, some of you are privileged to see the movie Heart of Man. Did anyone see that movie when we had it come through? Some of you saw it, please look at that movie. It's a fantastic movie about the struggle of our sexual desires and things gone amiss and what we should be doing and how we should be moving. A beautiful Christian movie. and. but the imagery that's presented there, as much as they try to imagine God and humankind interacting together, God and His Son, one of us, at the high point, there's these two dramatic scenes and one of them is, is the father, the old man, he, he's sitting with the family, enjoying food, but there's this unbelievable dance that the father and the son do as they play violin on a cliff face and they enjoy each other as they make that music together and the dance and the the joy of the father and the son enjoying an intimate and beautiful and a musical time together. Just the joy of being together is amazing. Well that son gets into trouble, gets lured away by lust and then there's another dramatic scene where the son is in bondage in a prison on an island in darkness and all you can see is a sea of little eyes and the the demons come to meet with this man and to tort him and to hurt him and to uh, bring accusation against him. And when you think about the movie, the only thing that's holding that man in that prison The only thing is the guilt brought against him by the accusation of his sin, by the enemy. It's the accusation that God doesn't love him, that God won't have him back, that he's gone too far, that he's committed sin. And in the movie, it's the father that comes through and gathers his own back to himself. And again, they dance and play violin liberation takes place we have to get in our minds a clear picture of who we are in Christ that we are part of God's family and that God loves you so much and you bring great pleasure to Him. Let me read a scripture, Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need, the King James says in verse sixteen: "Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy." The other day on Friday um, show day, wasn't quite sure what we were going to do with show day and. Drew's just got his license and he's all over the shop enjoying his independence and we're not seeing a lot of him at the moment as we'd expect and Jordan's bought a house and we don't see a lot of him at the moment. And, and so we thought, well, what we do with the day and Simone said, why don't we do one of those drives out in the country we've done over the years. And so uh, we'd, we'd love to take Ashton with us, but he'd get a bit bored just on his own with two old farts, So we thought, what, what can we do? Anyway, it was amazing what happened how God brought this thing together and then we ended up going out through Charlie Morland and out to Peachtree's and we might just put a couple of pictures up there and uh, you know I, I could I can never be happier than in that moment. My family together, my boys that I love and my wife, I, I couldn't be any happier than that. You've got another shot, a distant one on a drone that Ashton had and there's some lovely uh, through uh, the Sunday Creek Drive. I couldn't think of a better thing to do, honestly, just to hang with my loved ones. Isn't that cool, do you feel that? That's how God feels about you. God just wants to hang with you, He wants to know you. He's dealt with your sin, forget telling about your sin, confess it, deal with it, yep, but enjoy Him, press into Him. Don't let Satan rob you and come in and kill and steal and destroy. He's a liar. He's always been a liar. There's no goodness in him. We wanna move in prayer. We wanna see God do amazing things. And we wanna get rid of this noose around our neck of of this accusation of the enemy. We wanna live the life that God has called us to to have confidence in our Father, amen. And that's what God is calling us to do and I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and just one little story at the end now I remember going through Bible college and I was just at a really low ebb and I was going to counselling about a broken, uh, almost a broken engagement and um, and I was really struggling and um, and I was wondering why I was doing this, all this hard work with study and it wasn't really a good fit for me and a lot of things happening for me anyway and um, I'd really got down in a low ebb and, and I remember having this dream one night and for some of you who have been at this church for a long time, have probably heard this story before. But I had this vivid dream. And the vivid dream was, is that I was lying in a fetal position, crying in the corner of this square room. And, and it was like I was imprisoned in the room. And yet my hand was on the ground. And just in front of my hand was this sword. And you know what Star Wars have? That lightsaber is a... It's just glowing and buzzing away. Well, it's laying about six inches from my finger, sorry, 150 millimeters. And, and it's right there. And it's like God comes into my ear and says, Son, pick up the sword. Pick up the sword. Fight. You see. God has given me His Word. He's told me my position in Him. He's told me where the victory lies. He told me that I could be confident in Him. But I had forgotten and I wasn't using the Word or the blazing sword of the Lord. And I was allaying Satan with his accusations to have his way. And as if I was laying as a victim, as a fetal position in the corner of the room. And Jesus was saying, Lloyd, pick up the sword and fight. It's there for you. And with one stroke, I picked it up and I swiped the room and it's like the room dissipated to a beautiful picture of like on the screen there, on a hilltop. God opened the way with one swipe of His powerful Word. Oh, don't live in that closet. Don't live in that chasm. Don't live in the prison of accusation. Be liberated by the Word of God and what Jesus believes and tells the truth about you, that you are His child that He loves you to the back teeth. And there is no time, not one time that He would not accept you. He's longing and looking forward to you to come and hang with Him, to talk with Him, to share your heart with Him. And folks, I wanna tell you, that's the beginning of your prayer life. To have confidence in your Lord and know His love for you. Amen.